<laughs> is back. <laughs> that is Yay. that is the intro <laughs> to the El Salvadorian anthem, as we have one of our favorites back on the pod. He took a brief hiatus, but now he is back recording with the fellas. Ladies and gentlemen, Ricky Gonzalez Vega is Hi, thank wow. you for that. I feel I feel very much at home now. Thank you, Gio. Of course. That's uh I I'm one of the I'm a host, man. That's uh Aaron and I are, are, are natural born hosts, so we, we, we are, are used we are. to that. Um Ricky, how's it going, buddy? It's going good. It's going good. Um, woke up at 4.30 a.m. this morning to watch Chelsea. Got to say, I'm disappointed by the result, but I'm. Uh, it's encouraging. I saw some good things. Did you also yeah, order you- some Domino's while you woke up as well, since we both no, so that was cash account with that, them, so. so So I ordered a couple pizzas last night. I finished one last night and then finished one during the game today, just so you know. Oh, my God. That wow. Is- well, <laughs> that's some early morning. Early morning off. Wow. It's how um, you do it. Well, yeah. So Chelsea, uh, for those of you who are uh, wondering how Rick is referring to, Drew nil nil with uh, with Liverpool, but um, you know they picked up a point, and at this point in time, it looks like Chelsea can uh, take anything that they can get, sitting at tenth, uh, and also Liverpool sitting in eighth. So sorry, let me teams- just um, let me just correct you right there. It was Liverpool who picked up a point. Chelsea actually lost two points because they should have won the game. Okay, I see. Wow. Okay, that was just a, uh, just wanted to get that in there because uh, if you, anyone watched the game, was is gonna agree with me. I think. Wow. Well, you know what? As much as Chelsea needs points and is looking to pick up points, they are also looking to pick up reinforcements, and they did just that by adding Mudrik, a Ukrainian. Um, what is he? A Ukrainian winger, Ricky. You might have a little yeah. bit more. Uh, so Miki. Wow, Mikhailo Mudrik is yeah. his name. Um, so he is a 22-year-old player. Um, who did he play for before? Was it? Uh, oh wow, I am not saying that. He used to he... play for Shakhtar, Shakhtar um, Donetsk in Ukraine. Oh okay. Before oh okay, I see here. Yeah, because he. If we take a brief look at this kid's history, um, let's see. Yeah, the biggest team he played for, of course, was. Uh, with Shakhtar before that he played in a number of different youth academies in Ukraine um, and now he has uh, moved to Chelsea for an initial fee now get ready sit you know hold on to your your pants here Rick 70 million euros yeah. with the ability of it rising to 100 million euros in add-ons so a massive investment for a player that maybe the mainstream uh, public wouldn't know a lot about but why don't you give us a little bit of a rundown on this acquisition and what you think about him, think about the transfer fee and and, and if it's kind of worth what Chelsea invested? Um, yeah, listen, I mean, I don't agree with the fee um, necessarily. Obviously, right now, initially, apparently the add-ons are very attainable. So it will end up being close to 100 mil. Um, right now, it was, yeah, 60 million pounds, so around 70 million euros. I don't necessarily agree with it, but it's just modern football right it's how the game is played now uh in the transfer market it's um if you want to secure someone 100 mil will get you that player and the um, he was very close to joining arsenal um apparently like i mean everything was ironed out he just needed a signature and then that's when chelsea show, showed up and hijacked the deal right um with simply offering a bigger initial fee and that's what will get everything done now 
um, and Chelsea have plenty of money. Somehow they are still complying with the financial fair play rules. Um, don't ask me how, because I, I wouldn't be able to explain it, but it's happening. It's good. So um, as long as that's uh, that's okay, then there's nothing to worry about. Um, in terms of is it worth it? We'll only know when he leaves Chelsea, right? Um, if if Chelsea would have paid something around that for Aiden Hazard, you would have said it's worth it at the end, right? Um, if Real Madrid played that, paid that for Aiden Hazard, and you would say it's not worth it, right? No matter when he leaves the club, which is probably going to be soon. So at the end of the day, you can't really say if it's if it's, if he's worth it. But I haven't seen a Chelsea debut as good as his or as as um, encouraging as his since Aiden Hazard. Um, wow. Okay. And I haven't wow. seen a player with those characteristics since Hazard left at Chelsea. So I think that he will be worth it in the end. I think that the um, the price tag would just, you know, it'll, it'll end up being just a simple uh, anecdote by the end of his Chelsea career. Obviously, if there's no injuries, right? Of course. How many titles do you think he'll bring to Chelsea? Oof. Let's maybe say, let's stick with just maybe Premier League titles and um Champions League, maybe just knock at appearances. Because with I, Hazard, I, obviously it's a team game, but Hazard had the ability to just elevate Chelsea onto another level. So, yeah, no, yeah, 100%. I think, I think, in, in, I mean, he's 22, right? Say he stays at Chelsea for eight to 10 years. His contract is almost eight years long right now. Um, he signed until, I think, 2030, if I'm not mistaken. Um, because, wow. um, Todd Bowley's bringing these uh, baseball type contracts into into uh, soccer now, into football. Um, he signed the latest two signings have signed for seven point five and eight point five uh, euros, years. Sorry. So um, yeah, I mean, I'd say he could, he could win at least a couple Premier League titles. You know, um, we all know that Chelsea, like the competition in the Premier League, is fierce. It looks like United's coming back. City will always be there as long as Guardiola stays there, um, and it looks like he might. Um, you got Arsenal that's kind of building something with young players. So I think that the next decade in the Premier League will not be as, um, well, how do you call this? It, it won't be just uh, a two a two horse race like Liverpool and City has been in the last five years. It'll be a lot more than that, right? Like, maybe like the old Premier League where Arsenal was a contender, United was a proper contender, um, you know, and then you had other teams challenging here or there like Chelsea before. So I do think that it's going to be tough to say, yeah, five out of the ten next ten Premier Leagues, but maybe a couple, maybe three. You know, he can definitely elevate Chelsea, like you said, Aaron. Like elevate Chelsea to a different level if they're willing to uh, build the project off of him. And I hope they do. You know, but that that's all gonna depend in like the consistency consistency in the coach and the manager. You know, um, because that's one of the things that Chelsea lack is consistency. Harry Potter there, yeah. So like, if 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 Potter does stay. You know, then I would say, okay, he can build something, right? But if they keep changing after a couple of years, like they've been doing in the past, then I, I think it's going to be pretty tough. Yeah, this player here, um, yeah, he's a, he's a really interesting player. And I mean, Shakhtar is one of those teams, um, guys, that tend to kind of make their, their way to the big stage um, on the Champions League level. You know, yeah. a lot of times, uh, a lot of great players that... Um, that show up from Shakhtar are kind of noticed on that big stage uh, just because they tend to, to be a top team in the Ukrainian league. And um, we know that they've had some really good talents move on to big clubs like that. Uh, I think it was Lunin, the goalie who's yeah. now uh, with uh, Real Madrid. Um, a lot of guys moving on Marcus Antonio in the, uh, in, in Serie A for 
um, a scumbag team. I think it's Lazio or something. Um, <laughs> but uh, anyways, yeah, it looks like, yeah, Mudrik, I think, is a great uh, is a great addition for you guys. I mean, he, he seems to be, you know, I think the biggest thing with him is his pace. This kid's really yeah. fast. Yeah. Um, and he kind of has that. He's kind of a typical inverted winger who likes to cut in and shoot. Yeah. Um, as a righty. So Rick, in just to kind of wrap up on Mudrick, it looks like based from a, based on a characteristic standpoint and just overall style of play that he's kind of a player um, that might replace an outgoing Pulisic in your opinion, perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent with Pulisic is weird because he, he sometimes plays on the right, sometimes on the left. Um, I would have said also that, I mean, obviously right now, Chelsea has been buying a lot of different um, players. They just got no need. Madueke, if I'm pronouncing that right, he's English, he's 20, he's coming from PSV, and he plays pretty much like Arjun Robin. So if, like, he, he cuts in from the right side, right? So he's very much Arjun, left foot Arjun Robin? Robin. <laughs> Arjun. Arjun, Arjun Robin. Uh, Arjun Robin, so I love it, I love it. He he cuts in from the left, from the right side, which is more like hacking CH uh, profile, right? So... Uh, but CS today played really, really well. He was probably the, one of the best players out there, most consistent one against Liverpool. Um, so he shows you what he can do, right? So maybe he can ha- kind of has um, the right mindset and he can also try and stay and fight for a place. Pulisic is out. I do think that Pulisic is completely out. Um, he's Most of the time he plays out of position. When he plays on the right side, I don't think it favors him. Um, and he's never really... Everybody thought that after ha- Hazard left, he was going to be the man on that left flank and he hasn't been it so and he's you know Chelsea's number 10 which is kind of a waste of a number 10 jersey I think um move him on to us to another team and and get this guy on um we also have a lot of talent now that they've just signed um and you have you have to open some room for this for these uh new guys you know well speaking it's... of um oh go ahead Aaron now like what an L by Chelsea with that signing because he signed for about seventy-five million U.S. dollars yeah, he, back. In yeah, he was a, it was a big, right? so, it was a big. Yeah, like how much are they going to yeah. sell him for? Like, oh my goodness, I I'm not mm. a fan of Chelsea just recklessly spending all this money. Even though I love Chelsea, they're my team, they're my boys. I don't like it. Um, yeah, we'll before get used we to it of, with Todd Bowley. God, we'll yeah. Before, before we move on here, I know Ricky, you were talking about these eight eight year contracts and massive contracts, which is pretty pretty crazy. How much do contracts really matter in the grand scheme of things, though? It's just a contract. But let's say after two years, this guy's like, okay, I want to I want to leave. I want to get out of here. He's going to force his way out of here. Like, they're not going to be like, oh, well, you got to fulfill your contract. I think contracts yeah, are just there's, kind of fancy in the ways. grand scheme of things. There's ways to do it. That's unless, like, if, if the club and the player, like, they want to keep uh, things civil, then yeah. But if you can take PSG, for example, that they, they signed Ben Arfa and they kept him on the bench for all, like, better half of a, of a two years, you know, because he wanted to leave and they said, you have to run out your contract. And then they, they did the same thing with Adrian Rabiot before he moved to Juventus on a free. Um, he didn't play for the last year of his contract. They threatened Mbappe to do the same. Uh, and then he renewed his contract, you know? So like, if you take like PSG, um, then it's dangerous. Obviously the club has all the control and they can say, no, you're going to run out this contract, right? But you can also have the other way around. Um, there was this, actually, the it happened at Chelsea, um, and I forget the name of the player right now, but it was around 2007, 2006, somewhere around there. Um, he had a long-term contract, sort of like that. It was eight eight years, I think. 
And he decided to just run out his contract and he would not move. He would not go out on loan. He would stay just for the paycheck. He would go to training and go home and go to training and go home. He wouldn't go to ga play games, you know, and, and he just ran out his whole contract and, and there's nothing you can do about it, you know? Yeah, so I think right. it's dangerous that, that way where if a player doesn't want to go and they're content to just collecting money, yeah, that's where the contract's good. But let's say uh, Mudrik starts killing it and Chelsea's just not up to his standard for whatever reason. He wants to leave, yeah. and he's performing, actually. I think it'll be so easy for him to force his way out. Yeah, yeah, because someone's going to, especially if he if he does perform, that makes it easier for both parts because someone's going to, Real Madrid's going to come and they're going to pay that money, right? PSG, Barca, whoever's going to come and they're going to pay Roma. 150, 150 yeah. million. <laughs> and they're going to, I think that's a little bit outside uh, Roma's budget, Gio. Um, Perhaps. Perhaps you're right, yeah. <laughs> or the whole club's valuation, probably. <laughs> Um, okay, but, <laughs> that sounds relaxed. But yeah, if, if he performs, then it's it's less of, a, of an issue for the player, right? If he doesn't perform, it's where it becomes a, a kind of an issue because maybe you want to force a move and then the club is not willing to let you leave because they invested 100 mil on you, so they want to get something close to that, you know? And then it becomes a bit of a war. Um, I, don't, I don't specifically like them. That's why there's a reason why the four to five year contract has been the the rule, you know, in soccer and in, in football. And I think it should continue to be that. I don't think the eight... 8.5 years um, contracts are ideal, you know? Well, the thing too with, um, with, with having term on contracts, I think it, it also, there's a couple advantages and of course disadvantages, but I think a lot of the time with negotiations, I mean, if a player ha retains value and is performing well, having a long term on their contract, depending on age too, right? I mean, a guy like Mudrik having a seven year contract is okay, or a guy like Mbappe. But I mean, if you're signing guys like Sterling to a seven year contract, nobody wants to touch that because yeah. he's going to be like, you know, 36 by the time it's, it's expired. But I think by having lots of term on contract, it gives teams like Chelsea um, a, a little bit of an upper hand in terms of negotiation, um, just because, Whenever a player is on an expiring contract, their their um their value plummets, right? So like you'll look at a guy like Memphis to pay, yeah. um, with an expiring deal. If if Barca were to sell him, they would get m much much below market value just exactly. because of the fact that his contract is expiring. But on the flip side of that too is that if the contract is a poor contract in terms of salary, so if a guy's get like got eight years on a contract and he's getting massively overpaid you're really stuck. So yeah. it has to be, for it to be advantageous for a team like Chelsea to sign these long-term deals, I think that they need to make sure that the player retains his value and has a stomachable um, salary to go along with it if they were ever to try to capitalize on a sale. Yeah. Um, so it can be really good or it could be really kind of um, a handcuff for the team. It just kind of depends on the situation of the player. And um, in terms of Pulisic, Rick, I think a good team for him would be kind of a team in the level of like West Ham United yeah. or Brighton, Holven Albion, um, because it looks like Brighton, Holven Albion is looking for a winger and that they have, uh, reportedly submitted or are preparing a 25 million euro offer for disgruntled Romo winger, Nicolo Zaniolo. Yeah. So reports have mm. come out, guys, that Nicolo Zaniolo and his complete dot of an agent, Claudio Vigorelli, who's actually, um, I think, really tarnished his own his own image along with Zaniolo's in this whole negotiation with Roma, um, have apparently um, 
told Roma management they want out of Roma. They have um, declined a call-up to Roma's game tomorrow versus Spezia. Mm -hmm. So Zaniolo has not been called up um, by his own accord. And now the club is looking to sell him. Um, Kind of an interesting time to ask for a transfer with about 15 days left in the January transfer window. Kind of looks like uh, you're setting yourself up for failure. But um, guys... Um, obviously I'm the Roma guy, so I've got my opinions on it, but, um, with Zaniolo, uh, you know, viewed as one of the, the, the biggest Italian talents, um, before his two horrific injuries, you know, this guy was kind of a, a unicorn. I mean, he was fast, he was skillful, he was big and powerful. Um, he had good intelligence on the ball and it looks like after his injuries, he's kind of lost his head a little bit and lost his ability, but he's been linked with the Prem. And uh, looks like, if we're reading reports, that that's going to be his next stop um, after kind of creating a, uh, a fracture in his relationship with Roma. So, what do you? Uh, we'll start with you, Rick. What do you? What do you kind of think about Zaniolo as a player and as a guy who watches more of the EPL than myself? What kind of place do you think would be a good place for uh, a guy like him, kind of trying to recapture his career to uh, to go to? I think um, I don't. I don't really have. That much time for like Zaniolo because I know that like he kind of thinks very highly of himself. All right, like fair enough, right? But he Agreed. hasn't really performed yeah. at the standard of a club like Roma, right? Which isn't even like, with all due respect, Joe, isn't he really like the biggest of clubs, right? They're not playing constantly. They're not constantly playing. Had Champions to include League. that, didn't you? you had to that. <laughs> they're not. Okay. They're not constantly playing Champions League. They're not constantly challenging for Champions League. They're not, you know, Conference like... Conference League. couldn't help himself. I couldn't. I couldn't. I'm sorry. I have to. Uh, but it's it's just the reality, right? And and uh, maybe you guys are on the way up, but not yet. And he seems to think that he kind of is the, you know, the best thing since sliced bread, right? And, and and at the end of the day, like, he's not. And he's got to kind of lower his expectations a little bit. Fair. If he wants to leave Roma, that's, that's good. Like, that's... You can't really blame him for that. Who wouldn't want to leave Roma, right, Gio? Um, <laughs> okay, I'm going to jump to the screen here. <laughs> no, uh, no, I mean, Brighton would be a good fit because I think because of the, of the Cherby, right? Other than that, I don't, um, I mean, that's my biggest reason. The Cherby. If he, if he, um, the Zerbi, the, first off, the Zerbi, I'm sorry. If he thinks that Cherby. he can, if he think if he wants okay, to miss for a reason, if he wants to miss for a reason, right? Um, I think that he, um, he might have a plan. For him and if they're willing to offer 25 mil i would take it in a heartbeat because i don't think saniolo is worth half of that well the asking price right now um and aaron will get your input in a moment here if you if you even give a shit um because <laughs> honestly with saniolo it's just a fucking headache with this guy <laughs> but um uh, roma's asking for 40 million euros and um Oof. before i kind of you know uh give my my take on this i just wanted to to also kind of include here that the biggest, the reason for kind of this whole debacle that has kind of occurred is that um, Roma just a couple months ago, like basically put Zaniolo as one of the centerpieces of their project with the likes of Tammy Abraham, Lorenzo Pellegrini and Paolo Dybala. So he was a core piece to what um, the Friedkin group, who is the Roma ownership was trying to build here. And, um, the biggest stumbling block block has been um, a contract renewal. So Zaniolo seeking um, around four and a half million euros per season, 
Um, and for a team like Roma, that's a big, big salary. Um, and like you said, Rick, he has not performed even in the slightest. I mean, you know, there is some kind of leniency given injury history and, and whatnot and, and kind of getting back into it. But he's been quite pitiful this year. Um, he has one goal in 13 appearances, four yellow cards. He has um, one goal uh, in the Europa League um, and one assist in three matches. So a little bit better there. But overall, 15 games, two goals for Doma. Sorry, 16 games, one in the Copa. Yeah. Um, and so he hasn't warranted his renewal. And Roma is a team that has stood by this kid. He tore not only one ACL, but he came back and tore his other ACL. And Roma was there for this guy throughout all of it. They could have binned him. They could have tarnished his value. But instead, they said, you know what? We believe in you and your talent. We're going to put you at the center of this project alongside some other uh, some other you know good players. And I think he's been grossly misguided by his agent and his father um who was part of his kind of agency group there um so it's, it's a really sad situation and i think you're right rick we're almost seeking 40 million um but we'll see if they even get close to that um at this point in time i would be happy with with around 30 um just because in uh in 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 Serie A, there's a thing called plus valenza which is basically your capital gains on a player Roma picked up Zaniolo a while ago as a youth player from Inter. So gain, gaining basically whatever sal- whatever f- figure they sell him for, they're going to ca- um, capitalize all profit, yeah. basically. Yeah. Um, so basically 30 to 40 million would be a massive get for a team like Roma, even though things are looking up with the Friedkin group and they're building a stadium and whatnot. Roma still financially relies on, on, uh, on sales. So... Yeah, I don't know, Aaron. Do you have anything to add about Zaniolo and, and his kind of uh, his his BS that he's spitting out there? I I really do not give a flying hoot about Zaniolo. To be completely honest, um, I think I think he needs some North American wow. soccer to to humble his humble himself, doesn't he? <laughs> Aaron just well, wants everybody to go to the MLS. <laughs> get him, get, get, I, him, get him over here. No, I mean I didn't. I wouldn't want him on the on the Whitecaps. No, I'll tell you that. I would go watch him. Gio, yeah, he could, the thing he, is, he could live on Commercial Drive. It's uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. right next he to the could Bogusa Bogusa place. He could, he'll be at Calabria Bar every day, just having his espresso there. <laughs> no, I, I think I think Gio that um, given that it's an English team that wants him, you can jack up the price a little bit because there is money in the Premier League, and Brighton can definitely yeah. pay that. They just made. Around that, a little more than that, actually. Um, I think it was what 27, 27 million pounds on uh, from Leandro Trossard going to Arsenal, right? They can definitely invest some of that into um, into into Zaniolo, and if they put down to twenty five million pounds, that's what almost thirty million euros, which is what you're you're asking for him, right? Um, definitely much more than what he's worth at the moment, but I think for that sure. you can jack up the price a little bit, and if like it could be a good a good fresh start for him. How old is he right now? Zaniolo is 23 years old at yeah, this point. Yeah, so he's a very, yeah, very young player still. So he can still kind of, um, kind of reboost his career. But I, I don't although he'll be 20, he'll be 24 in July. So yeah, so he'll, he arrives there with 24. He's still good to go, you know. Yeah. No, agreed. And yeah, it's a maturity thing for this guy. Unfortunately, I think he he does. He just has an attitude problem and a lot of things. He's got bad discipline, and I think he's getting horribly misguided by really a, a Bush league agent um, to be quite honest, yeah. who doesn't have a very good um, 
uh, image in Italy, that's for sure. But uh, Ricky, before we move on to Trossard to Arsenal, um, that would have been a good segue. I just wanted to uh, finish off um, in the boot here in Italy um, and have a quick chat about our best friends down in, uh, or rather, sorry, up in Torino. Um, Juventus, um, just just really known for being ethical um, <laughs> by the rules. You know, never had a had any sort of um, you know allegations or you know illegal fair play right. put against them, right? Yeah, no, yeah. Moji, Moji, I think is a pretty good guy. <laughs> but um, nonetheless, uh, Juve, who has been just a quick brief brief overview of what the situation is there. Juventus has been um, investigated and I guess seen as guilty for essentially manipulating the books um, in terms of their transfer fees. They would incorrectly um, inflate or deflate transfer valuations of players in deals with teams like Genoa, especially is, is quite the, um, the culprit there. Um, and they would basically report this um, to basically inflate or deflate the books uh, according to how what fit them. So they would put massive price tags on players that are not even remotely uh, valued that on the market. Um, to sort of cook the books, as our boy Aaron would say yeah. here. Um, so, it's, oh. as a, so um, um, with this, uh, yeah, no worries. Uh, with this, Juventus has been um, deducted 15 points from the table, um, which puts them as essentially where they should be, in my opinion, which is a mid-level team. <laughs> um, and they're now sitting at 10th place with 22 points. Um, you know, they, I mean, a miracle. A miracle would have to happen for them to kind of get into a, a either Europa or Champions League spot. But, fellas, let's start with you, Aaron. What do you think of um, of this punishment for a, a Juventus who we all know is kind of a repeat offender? Um, and do you think that it was harsh enough or too harsh of a, of a penalty? This is super funny, to be honest. It is. This, yeah. it's, oh, just, yeah. it's just it's hilarious. Just, it's typical. It's typical. I think it's the right punishment. Uh, if anything, maybe it could have been harsher, but um, I don't know like what another type of penalty could be. Like, I don't think this was as bad as their 2000s mafia stuff when they got relegated to the Serie B. So, yeah, I, I think this is like, yeah, I think this is fixing. I think this is, I'll keep it kind of short and sweet. It's pretty, yeah, just leave it as it is. I think they hit the ball, hit the ball here, 15 points. Let's move on. I think. How about um, you, Rick? What do you think of that? I think 15 points is too harsh, um, but it, they have to be punished somehow. I think they, at first they were asking for nine, and then they got 15, right? Um, that's two. <laughs> that's two. Two <laughs> losses, like two games, is, right? Is this there. a negotiation or what? What the heck? No, 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 not Juve. Like the like um, they were being like when they were charged <laughs> and they were accused. The it like the first report said that it, they were going to be taken nine points off, right? And then, and then next thing you know, it's 15, right? Um, I think 15 is a bit too harsh, especially because, okay, if you take the, the whole um, match-fixing scandal in 06 um, or around then, um, that's match-fixing. That's different, right? You're, you're, you're essentially stealing points, right, on the field. This is not that. This is, uh, this is yes, of course it's illegal and it's not right, but it's it's on the field they were winning games right and and if you took Juventus two months ago or before the World Cup um, and all that they they were in a very rough place um, and they managed to get 
you know, they managed to string eight wins in a row, and that's all like their work on the field. So I think that's that's why it's a bit harsh. I wouldn't have done 15 points, but at the end of the day, they need to be punished somehow, and they need to um, suffer the repercussions of of what they've done. Um, I was reading that they that now UEFA might come in and sanction them with uh, three years without play, oh. playing in Europe. Three years without playing that's, in Europe. That's the real penalty. Yeah, that is three years with no uh, European football for a club like that. They're gonna become a mid-level team in that in that uh, time frame. See, I think I think that from a Serie A standpoint, I think it's it, it's not harsh enough. Um, wow, shocker, the Roma fan. Um, <laughs> but like, quite honestly, I think the biggest the biggest caveat for me, fellas, is that they're repeat offenders, right? So as we see in other leagues and other things, anybody who's a repeat offender usually, even if the the second or third or fourth or fifth infraction is maybe not as bad as the the first one, the fact that they're continuously doing it is is something that needs to be reprimanded harsher in my opinion i mean they've done this i know it was back in you know mid to early 2000s 2006 but it was under the same ownership. yeah but you know you know what it is like i think um if 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 so then why don't you just relegate them to the city of a you know that's what i'm saying that's what the that would have been be. better though it would have be been that. like less harsh in my opinion because then you know you got a year to play in the city of a you know and then you're back playing in in the first division next year and probably fighting for Champions League spots because you can retain your players for a year. But if now you get docked 15 points, you're in, what, 10th place right now, right? You're not going to make Champions League. How do you motivate these players to stay there? And you're not going to play in Europe for three years? You can't motivate them to stay. You can't motivate Chiesa, who's the star of the project. You can't motivate Vlahovic. You can't motivate Adrian Rabiot, who's been doing well. You know, no one. No one's going to stay. They're all leaving now. Pogba, Pogba just arrived and he's gonna he's not even play. And now he's finding himself in the tenth place God. team. You know, this Maria, just follows us. You know what? Uh, yeah, Pogba. That's that's a great point, Aaron. We were kind of like I know in the summer we were kind of dunking on on Pogba just because it's like it's kind of easy to because he's kind of an idiot. Um, but the fact that like <laughs> this guy with all the shenanigans. Remember his announcement. That yeah. he was coming to Juventus, his dramatic announcement. Then he gets hurt, and then that's the whole he just kind of falls off. The scandal with the the voodoo dolls and the what that's was right. it? Like, oh my god, <laughs> the witchcraft. I think it was his brother yeah. was like, this, suing him or something. This guy well. needs to make his way to North America. He Europe is Europe is chewing and spitting him out. He needs. Okay, to so guys, so before we move out from from uh, <laughs> before we move on from Juve, like if I mean for any team. I would say for any team or for your team, however you want to say it. Which player would you take? If you can only take one player from Juve. Because obviously players are going to leave Chiesa. now, right? Valuation are going to go down. For my team, it's 100%. Like Roma, 100% it would be Chiesa. Because I think Chiesa is arguably Juve's best player despite the, the injury. And he fits a massive positional need for Roma. Gio, what, um, as what about a, Bremer? As a winger. No, I don't think we we would require. I mean, I don't. I mean, Bremer is fine. He's like good. he's solid. He's, he's good. Yeah. But Roma at center back is not really a position of need. I mean, Chris Smalling is one of the best center backs in Serie A, and then we also have you know some pretty good depth there with Mancini, Kumbula, Ibanez. Like I don't think Bremer would just be kind of a luxury at this point. So what we really need, especially with Zaniolo leaving 
would be a replacement for Zaniolo. And what better way to replace him than get a player who's 10 times the quality? Yeah. Aaron, who would you take? I mean, Chelsea needs like a lot of things, don't they? So. <laughs> the owner, bring in Agnelli and put him next yeah, to Bowley. Yeah, we need some. Two crooks. <laughs> Can we just take their jerseys? <laughs> as I, 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 maybe I, I'm just like, I'm just, I'm just immediately thinking about Pogba. Yeah. To Chelsea and in the midfield. I think that makes the most sense. And. I, it'd be nice to have Kyle. really good for the locker room. Uh, yeah, great, <laughs> amazing for the locker room. Um, him and Conte in the midfield, like yeah. I would. Um, I'm, I'm gonna. The, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go off of Aaron's and say the midfield, but not Pogba. I'm taking Locatelli. Rabio. Locatelli. Oh. Ooh, that's a sexy yeah. pick. Okay. Spicy I think it's a good replacement for Jorginho. You know. Um. He he's good on the ball. He's good defensively. I think he could de- he could be a. a in a solid partnership with whether it be Kovacic or he is a nice Sakaria if he stays, you know, he I think he's good. I think he's good. And I think his full potential hasn't been developed at Juventus. Right. I agree. I think that's, um, that's a good player too, but like, yeah, it does depend, you know, on what team we're talking about, but yeah, I think I wouldn't be surprised Ricky, if that, like you said, that three-year ban to European football, if that goes through and that's official, that's a uh, Juventus is going to have a fire yeah. sale. Yeah. Like they're yeah. literally going to be dump it because no one, no player of any quality is going to want to is going to want to stick around yeah. there. Three years is very um, harsh, in my that, opinion. That's pretty bad. Three. Years I would do a, a year. Well, don't be. Yeah. Well, don't be a repeat offender. Don't be a repeat offender. Don't like, get caught. The same ownership group, <laughs> or that. Yeah, I mean, either one works. But that's what happens when you are a repeat offender, and that's why I think that the penalty on them, whatever they get, is fair because. They've done this to themselves, the same ownership group. They they conveniently stepped down once the allegations were all coming out. But this was Ag- the Agnelli family who are linked with organized crime in Italy. They're linked with a lot of BS and Pavel Nedved, who's a, who's a dud, um, and all those guys. So they deserve it. I don't care what happens to Juve. The only thing I care about is seeing Chiesa in um, red and yellow. So enough about the Italians. We could talk about crooks all day. But um, listen, we're going to move on here, Ricky, to kind of wrap up our soccer talk. We're going to go back north from Italy, and we're going to go into the United Kingdom to finish off here. Arsenal, the surprise Premier League leaders and favorites for the title at this point in time, you know, are just getting stronger. Um, What a great season they've had. They've added... Uh, Trossard or Trossard? I don't know what the fuck. <laughs> Trossard. We're going Trossard. Let's go. <laughs> we're there getting croissant. Croissant um, is going to Arsenal or has rather gone to Arsenal. Um, and uh, they've also added a player from the Italian League too. I, to be honest, as much as I follow the Italian League, one team that I do not follow a lot is um, Spezia. So (laughs) I don't know much about um, QR or whoever they added for 25 million euros, but they added uh, Leandro Tossard that we know is a, is a pretty fantastic player from Brighton. Um, And uh, yeah, it looks like they're, they're, they're doing some damage here. What are your thoughts on both of the additions, uh, Rick? And and how does this kind of pan out for Arsenal and the rest of the Okay. If I go, I'm going to go with um, QR or whatever his name is. Um, Kiwi or I don't know from um <laughs> from Spezia again. I've right. never never watched him play because again, if I if I want to watch a Serie A game, it's never gonna be Spezia's, right? But um, 
I supposedly there's good comments on him and there's good reviews on the on how he plays um the apparently leipzig i don't know if it was leipzig or dortmund which both of them do like great recruiting um just got an offer rejected for him uh before he moved to arsenal um and i guess it probably had a lot to do that it was arsenal the the other offer was arsenal right and they're the league leaders and obviously arteta is building something special um so all credit goes to him. They close it. We'll see how it goes. I can't really say if, if it's going to be a good um, a good signing or not. I think it just adds to their depth in the back, which is always a positive thing. Um, with Trossard, though, you do know what you get because he's been performing at a pretty pretty good level in the Premier League with an un, with an overachieving Brighton side, right? Um, we know that um, Graham Potter wanted him for Chelsea um, in the last transfer window as soon as he signed, and it never it never happened. It never came uh <clears throat> came true but he um he did want him and he was um supposedly interested for the stuff for next summer so it's good that arsenal picked him up it's a good price it's only an initial fee of 21 million pounds um he he can play in i'd say every position in the front three um but especially the, the way it helps it's, it's a it's a squad squad player right it's a it's a depth uh signing very much so martinelli plays on that left right, wing right. and he's uh, he's gonna keep playing on that left wing but now he's got someone that can play instead of him that can play the fa cup the carabao cup that can you know if uh they're in europa league or champions league um they they can he can also offer some more depth you know and a solution if there's injuries um he can also play on the right side um and he can also play as a bit of an attacking mid kind of behind the striker so i think he's a very interesting player um obviously not as i'm not comparing them i'm not comparing them right but um he he does play on the left and he's very he's, he's a skillful player um he's quick with his feet so it's kind of similar to to eden hazard for example um he's a he's a small player too and of course he's belgian but obviously he's not going to perform at that same level you can't expect him to perform at that same level but it's gonna it's gonna do a lot of good for arsenal i think and he's he's 28 years old which is not uh too old um to join a big club like arsenal you know and i think arteta was uh, actually talking about that um his his plan is to build something for the future but it doesn't mean that he's just gonna sign 21 22 year olds you know yeah no it looks like a good um for a team like in their position i think just adding players of, of that quality on your bench and your rotation is is always a good is always good for a, you know a title uh, competing team um, and also allows them to kind of add some some good depth for the other um, uh, ch- or other competitions that they'll be a part of, and allow them to kind of put their best foot forward in the Champions yeah. League as well, uh, moving forward. So, yeah, no, that's um, that's pretty much what we've got for the soccer talk today, guys. I mean, we made our way all around Europe. We dunked on Juventus. We dunked on Zaniolo. Um, so, you know, I would call that a successful segment. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, Rick, as always, my man, uh, thanks for joining us today and, and giving us your expert opinions on soccer. Um, you are, of course, welcome to stick around, but we know that you couldn't give a shit about American <laughs> football. So <laughs> we uh, we love you, buddy. Yeah, we love you, man. We'll uh, link up soon. Um, hopefully uh, your dog doesn't pee on me again. <laughs> um, but uh, nonetheless, um yeah, thanks for joining us, man, and and we'll link up soon. Yeah, thanks Rick, for having we, me, we boys. Need some more, we need some more pizza um, from you next time, but maybe not from Domino's because that 
Nah, it's, it's got, that, that, they forgot that got me wrong when they forgot the wings. Down. Well, also, also they forgot the wings too, Aaron. Right? Didn't they forget? They your didn't wings? forget to poison me though. No, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Anyways, he's got a ba- the babe the baby stomach, yeah, yeah. but hey, um, hey, yeah. Hey, hey. Uh, I was yeah well I mean I was always a pleasure thanks for having me I'm sure I'll be back soon yeah you we'll, will be we'll see uh, yeah, I can I, maybe I just uh, Aaron can be out and I can be in oh interesting <laughs> wow the replacement this is coming right. straight from left field here you probably don't know that it's about this that's come, a baseball this, term right I know that I know that this guys coming straight this guy's flying straight from the jungle to dunk on you, Aaron. But um, <laughs> thank you. Love you, Chico. All right, Take boys, care, buddy. You. Take care. See ya.